Welcome back out to Domesticated Savages and our podcast here. Today, in this episode, episode number two, we're going to be talking about, since it's Christmas, we're going to be talking about Christmas stories. The theme of today is Christmas. So, once again, I am one of your hosts. My name is Jake. Today, I have with me the same as usual. I've got Jeremy. What's up, Jeremy? What's going down? And I've got Fitz. What's up, bro? Hey, hey, hey. Cool. So today, like I said, we're going to talk about Christmas, get into the Yuletide spirit, baby. So um, I wanted to start off with a story. Um, last week, we got really good feedback from our our episode that we dropped. Um, people are loving the cop stories, so we're obviously going to keep on that theme. That's what we're going to be rolling with here on our podcast. So... Today, I'm going to talk about one of my stories, and it's funny because last week we had a Nakey story. One of our boys had a, that episode. We had the, the Nakey episode. Well, uh, today, I'm going to start off with another story of a naked person. So, it was Christmas time, right before Christmas, and in our city, downtown, there's a lot of bars, you know, pretty typical for any, any uh, major metropolitan city, and... Uh, <laughs> the bars got out get out around like you know one or two and uh we're patrolling and next thing you know we get this call up to this guy's house lives in a pretty decent nice part of the area uh calls up says he needs police because he's got somebody who won't leave his home so me and another officer roll up there we uh we roll up there and we get <laughs> we come to the door and knock on the door announce ourselves as police the dude who calls who called us in he answers the door and he's like, Hey officers, I really need your help. I uh, got this girl, met her at the bar and uh, we were hanging out, really hit it off. And uh, we got back, we got done at the bar and she came home with me and we've been here for a couple hours now. And yeah, man, things got weird and she won't leave now. And I was like, okay, bro. Like you can't get this girl to leave your house. He's like, no man, I tried everything I could and I can't get her to leave. So I was like, all right, bro. So we come inside the house. Like, Where is she? He's like, she's in the back room. Okay. So we freaking walk into the back and <laughs> open the door to the bedroom. And laying on the bed is this chick. And she's butt naked. Doesn't have a stitch yes. of clothing on her. Hell and yeah. she will not freaking, she's acting like she's just dead. At first I thought she was dead. And I go up to him like, is this guy calling in like a murder? He like murdered this chick and he like wants us to see the freaking ramifications of what he's done. And I kind of look at this dude. I'm like, holy shit. He's like, is she okay? He's like, yeah, dude, she's just like playing possum. I'm like, okay. I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, hey, you need to wake up. You need to get out of here. I kind of start grabbing her arm and I start trying to pull her up. She's dead fishing it. She will not get up. She will not move. I'm like, get up right now. You need to stand up. You need to get out of here. And she's got her clothes, which are on the ground, but it's like a super complicated flipping wardrobe, dude. I can't just like put these clothes on her. It's not like a t-shirt and freaking pants. It's like it's clothes like, that have like all this little yeah, straps, straps and, and buttons everything's and all cut this crap. Up. I'm like, this thing is not going to, I mean, it's like, it's like a dress. I'm like, I'm not going to get this thing on her. Plus she's in cuffs. I like turn, when I stood her up and turned her over, I put her in cuffs. So I'm like, okay, she's never going to get in this freaking thing. So <laughs> the guy is like, okay, guys, I, can you can you just get her out of here, please? Can you just get out of here? I'm like, dude, keep your pants on because she doesn't have any. We're going to get her out of here. And he's like, okay. I'm like, just step out of the room. So he steps out of the room, and I'm 
Once again, she's she hasn't said a word to me. She won't say anything to me. And she's just dead fishing it, not moving, like limp. And finally, I, I tell the other officer who's with me, I said, hey, let's just grab her under the arms and pick her up. And the other officer's like, dude, are we going to take her to jail like naked? And I'm like, dude, what are we going to do? Like, I don't have any spare clothes. Do you? And the officer's like, well, why don't we ask homeboy if he'll spare some clothes? And so we look at the dude. Like, hey, get us some clothes. He's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, dude, we're getting you out of this fix. We're getting this girl out of your house. She needs some clothes. Grab her a shirt. Grab her some pants. He's like, okay. So he grabbed this shirt. <laughs> it was a freaking Santa Claus shirt that said ho, ho, ho on it. <laughs> and some basketball shorts. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I just tossed the shirt on her and tossed the basketball shorts on her. And we had to like flip a manhandle or like fireman carrier out the freaking car, put her in the car. She didn't say, like she laid down on the seat, didn't move. I was like, maybe we should just call medical. I'm like, maybe this is like a, a medical issue. Medical shows up and they look at her and like, no, she's just faking it. It's like, holy crap. Finally, we drive her to jail. And I'm like, yeah, one prisoner, we need help. So, you know, drive up to the Sally Port door. The guys from the jail come out. And as soon as the guys from the jail come out, she sits up. She's like, holy shit. Were you really just going to take me to jail and never say a word to me? I'm like, bitch, I was saying a word to you the whole freaking time. What are you talking about? I'm not going to say a word to you. You didn't say a word to me. She's like, okay, I guess I'll just go to jail then. So I guess you will. And she became extremely talkative. I was like, why were you acting like that? She's like, I don't know. I just felt really embarrassed. I'm like, yes, you should have been. <laughs> why did you freaking talk to us? We could have freaking avoided this mess. I would have taken her to jail. She was, t- you know, gotten up and walked out of the flipping uh, apartment the guy lived in. But she wanted to play stupid games, so we had to take her to jail. Public in talk. She's intoxicated, so she went to jail for that. That so that's impressive that his attire was able to fit her. I don't think any of my clothes would fit anybody. Well, I mean, her arms didn't come out of the freaking armholes. She was small, so the shirt looked like a dress on her. Was she cute at least, like a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah, she was cute. That's rare because in police work, you quickly find that naked is 99% of the time it's bad naked. It's not a, a fun naked. It's not a fun naked, which... It's, I, not, it's not a Pornhub scenario naked. It's, it's not, not. It's not one of those situational type of Pornhub videos. It's one that nobody wants to see. In my 13 plus years, I think there's been about three good nakeds where I was like, that's not terrible. But m- most of it's always been, which going off your story, I uh, responded to a domestic and Again, I was a newer guy, but it was Christmas time and, you know, there's snow everywhere. And I was with a more uh, experienced officer. And uh, you quickly learn that you can find humor in your job with just, you know, you, you're still professional, but you got, you've got to find the humor where you can find it. So we go to this DV at this apartment, this domestic violence call. And we make contact with the the male half and he's explaining like, oh, she's crazy. She's in the back room. You know, they live together, their boyfriend, girlfriend. And, you know, we get his side of the story and then we go back to the room. And as we go back to her knock, she's like, yeah, come in. And as we go in, she's just putting on a shirt over. And so we get a glimpse of the, the front half and she's got 
she's putting on his shirt. So it's one of those sun's out, guns out where they cut the sleeves off. <laughs> yeah. But she's a very top heavy gal, very good looking, very trim and fit, but very top heavy. And so, um, for the, like the first five minutes, she's Wait, playing. When you, when you say top heavy, what do you mean? Oh my gosh. You don't have to explain. <laughs> I think we all know. <laughs> Try to keep it PG 13, bro. How is that not PG 13? I'm, I'm saying she was well endowed up top. Oh, okay. I was just curious. Uh, very, like, very well endowed. If she had like, like a first, big head or something. No. <laughs> for the first like three to five minutes, uh, she's like talking and she's playing peekaboo. Like she moves her hand to the left and it would like move the shirt enough. And it's just, and it's hard to concentrate as a new cop. You're trying to be professional, but you're just like camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. And then, um, she like raises her arms up and it, as she put the shirt down, you could see she had like a leopard print thong and it was like, like the 90s style, like leopard print, uh, kind of bikini thong. And, this officer, I mean, she kind of went on a rant for about the first five minutes and I'm trying to keep it professional. And obviously he's more experienced. He's dealt with stuff like this before. And I'm, you know, trying to take notes and he decides to go super troopers on me. And he's like, okay, meow. Oh my God. Uh, meow, tell <laughs> me yes, he did. He did. Yeah. And so <laughs> he's sitting there and he's like, okay, meow. Now meow, tell me what, and I, I lost it and I can't keep notes anymore. And she's looking at me like I'm, cause they're both intoxicated. Right. And so yeah. what's normally would be very obvious to them is not. And like I said, he was, you know, getting her story, but he just, and now tell me again, meow, what happened? And I, I how couldn't many, keep did it. You count how many times he said meow? Did he get 10? Oh, it was probably more than 10. We, oh, no, we had to talk to her cause she just kept going on rants and different tangents. And so, it, I mean, it was Christmas time and they had, uh, the tree got demolished in their, you know, and their kerfuffle. Yeah. But it was, you know, again, you, you got to find the humor where you can find it as you're working. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, like I said, that was probably out of the 6,000 times I've seen naked. That was probably like one of three. That was like not, hey, me, not terrible, not burning my eyeballs. Let me jump in here. So also the funny thing is you're, you're saying you got to find humor where you can find it. We, the cops, man, we have kind of a sick demented humor because we deal with a lot of like crazy, terrible calls. And a lot of times the only thing that helps you so you don't get that, you know, crazy PTSD is so you can, you know, I mean, if you can laugh at it a little bit, look at the, the darker side of the humor with some mm -hmm. of the stuff. And Absolutely. some people that don't deal with that might think that we're calloused or we're, we're mean. Or, yeah. Yeah. We're dicks, you know? So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I know that my wife, for example, I used to tell her stories and laugh and she'd kind of look at me like, man, you're, you're a real callous bastard. You got a black heart, don't you? You're a cold hearted son of a bitch, but I love you. <laughs> so yeah, that's it's kind of funny that you say that because I think that's very true that we definitely have a weird sense, you know, a darker sense of humor per se. All right, Fitz. You got a, you got a story, bro? Lay it on me. I don't have any naked, good naked people stories. I definitely don't have any naked people stories on Christmas. Um, but I have a little bit more of a more serious one. Yeah, you don't have to go with naked story. It's just no. funny that both of ours were naked. Yeah. Tis the season. Well, now I feel left out. Like, no, I feel no, like okay. I could make up a naked no. story. Well, you could make one up, but that's not what we're about, bro. About telling them real stories. So, one of my first and definitely one of my most memorable Christmas stories is with uh, 
my partner and life partner. Your work wife? My work wife. And <laughs> What's a work wife? I mean, I, I imagine other professions have work wives too. Yeah. But we at the police department have quite a few. Yeah. I mean, not quite a few, but we have work wives mm-hmm. because you go on calls with a buddy. Right. Typically, if you work with that person, you're going call to call to call with that guy. Right. And so they become kind of like your work wife. They, they call it that. Like, you guys are like inseparable. Well, so you spend I think, a lot of time together. I think for our department, it's a little bit different because we don't have like – we don't necessarily have beat partners, right? So you don't have like a partner when you're out on patrol. But I think for us, like a work wife would be somebody that you kind of follow around both while we're bidding shifts and on calls. So, yeah. for example, like so – we bid shifts multiple times a year. Yeah. And then you end up working the same days with that person in right. the general same area. Yeah. So me and the work wife, um, we get called out. So we worked the the downtown area for about six years. Jeremy and I both know who his work wife is too. <laughs> so we worked, we worked the downtown area for about six years. Bars, clubs, um, hotels, all that, that uh, kind of nonsense that surrounds that area. Um, and we worked the, the shelter. Yeah. Oh yeah. The shelter. Can't forget the shelter. Bro. Um, there's a couple malls down there. All the big, the, at least in our area, the big high rise buildings. Um, but we work graveyard, um, weekends. So we got all the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday business, all that good stuff. Um, so one of our usually quieter bars, we get a call that there's a guy and I, I want to say it was. I think it was the weekend of Christmas. It was like one or two days out from Christmas. Um, dude's at the bar, super drunk and kind of super weird. He's kind of dressed up. Uh, he has he had camouflage pants on, um, a Santa Claus jacket and a Santa hat. And he was starting, starting to threaten everybody at the bar, starting to threaten patrons, uh, the employees and stuff that were there. Kept saying he was going to come back and shoot the place up and everything. So as, as per usual, the... Uh, the bartender has security remove him, so he gets kicked out. The bartender calls the police, and uh, my partner and I happen to be close in the area, so we show up and we very quickly find the tactical Santa Claus out front of the bar, arguing with the security guys. Does he have a beard? He had he had like a little scruffy beard. It Nothing good though. Yeah, it wasn't no like a Santa, Santa Claus beard. beard. No, it was, dude, you can't wear Santa Claus outfit with no Santa beard. That's what I agree. Bitch. Like at least wear a fake beard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So anyway, so we show up and we, we contact the, uh, the security dudes outside. And so my partner goes and talks to the, the security dudes. And I talk to Santa Claus, who's out there, um, very clearly intoxicated, super drunk. Um, and so my partner comes back over and tells me everything that's going on. So we start talking to the guy and, um, I can't remember specifically the reason that he decided to hook him, but we end up putting handcuffs on him. And so when we arrest somebody and we're going to take him to jail, we do, um, usually we'll do a quick frisk, make sure there's no weapons. And then we'll take him back to our cars and we'll do a more in-depth search of everything to make sure that there's no contraband, um, or anything that's going to go into the jail or if there's any other evidence on his person that we can book into evidence. So while we're doing this Terry frisk, um, we're, we're kind of lightly joking about Santa, you know, the tactical Santa Claus having a gun, and lo and behold, the guy actually had a Springfield Armory XD9 holstered on his right hip. And so as I'm going around, I feel it. And I, I kind of look at my partner. I'm like, hey, 
I think he's actually got something. So we look at each other and I lift up the, the Santa jacket and lo and behold, there's the gun. And I'm like, holy shit, he really Bad does Santa. have a gun. Yeah. So take the gun, throw it in the pocket. Um, we do the rest of the search. We, we put the guy in the back seat, and So now he's going to jail for restricted person. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. felony right there. Absolutely. And so, dude, it was locked and loaded, full mag with one in the chamber. It was standard XD9, but, yeah, that was, Santa Claus. That was fun. He nice. had he had his naughty list ready to go. I showed I showed up on that list. call. I showed up on. Oh yeah, call. you came out for the arrest check. Yeah, I did the arrest yeah. check on that one. I uh, not not cop related, which is fine. Uh, but this Tell story us about your life. This story hails from my youth, uh, and it does tie in a little bit to police work. Later on, I was probably seven or eight, and I grew up in the Southwest, and we were traveling to go visit some family had up here for Christmas and we were going to spend Christmas with my other family. Well, traveling, and this is back, mind you, in the early nineties, right? And so there was a rest stop that to use the bathroom, you know, like off the, off the freeway, off the highway, a rest stop, but their bathrooms for whatever reason, it was just porta potties, but they were inside like these teepees. I didn't design it. What is this? The res bro. <laughs> I did not design it, but it, we just, so we'd always say, Hey, we're gonna stop at the teepees to go to the bathroom, let the kids out. Okay. Fair enough. But it, but they was just, but there was just porta potties inside. And so like it had an opening, like a door, no cloth or anything. It was just an opening and you'd walk inside and then go in the door of the, of the shit house. So in each teepee, how many porta potties were there? just one. Just that one. sounds like a lot of work just for a. It was. Party. I mean, it was decorative, and it, as a kid, it made it fun. Like we're stopping at the teepees. <laughs> but um, so, as as most, if you've never been into a a honey bucket, uh, as it were, um, you you find out that uh, they are there's two mediums by which you can go to the bathroom. There's a normal toilet seat you sit down, and it's just like an empty. It just shit falls right into the bottom piss and shit it and then there's a little pisser so you don't have to sit down if you don't need to sit down right so i just you know being a young kid on a road trip drink copious amounts of whatever gatorade soda and so i had to take a piss so i go and handle my business and then i go to leave the door stuck and i'm starting to like freak out i'm like okay well now this is where i live i now live <laughs> in this tp shit house and just you know, TP number three, write me a letter every once in a while. I'll be okay. As I'm, I'm really pushing on the door. And I was always like a bigger kid. Yeah. So a seven, eight-year-old in the body of maybe a 12-year-old. Yeah. And I look up and I can see that the door's getting stuck at the top. But, uh, you know, e even though I was a bigger kid, I still couldn't reach up enough to really put pressure on that point up top. So I have the bright idea. I'm going to stand up on the seat itself to get that leverage, right? I'm thinking scientifically. My brain's, I'm doing calculations, mathematics, foot pounds, torque. <laughs> I'm getting it, right? So I start to really push on it. Well, I guess my footing wasn't as secure as I thought it had been. And like a bad turd, I fall right in. Bloop. Yes. Into the, the oh, porta potty. Oh, gosh. And so now I'm like, I could have lived outside of the shit container, but now I'm inside. So this is where I live now. How far did you fall in? All the way. What do you mean? Like to your freaking head? To, to about my belly. 
Your Holy belly? Cow. I mean, oh, if, you, if you open the door, you could see like my head sticking out. Like, oh, that's not where somebody's How supposed to be. How big is this hole, dude? <laughs> it, it was, it felt like a mile. I mean, I mean, how wide was this thing? You're able to fall right in. Is there like no seat? I was, a, I mean, I was taller, but I was a skinny lad. There's no seat? There was. How do people, people sit down without falling in? I was a skinny guy. Wow. So you it's hard fell, to believe. You fell into the gap in between in. the toilet seat with it closed. Like with the lid down. Yeah. The, the part that you lid. sit on. Yeah. You fell in that. Yes. What the, hard were you like a freaking. I was a beanpole. Wow. I, didn't, I just can't I didn't see get, that right now. I didn't get this figured till much later on in life. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Anyways, can I tell my story? Yes. Back to my story. So I fall in and luckily my, and I, I suspect my brother was holding the door, but didn't want to fess up to it later. Your younger brother? My older brother. Your older brother. And so he come, he opens the door and he's like, wow, <laughs> you're in a pickle, bud. And so my family pulls me out and we had this awesome uh, Chevy van where the back seat folded down. I mean, this thing was ghetto fabulous. And so I'm in the back and my mom's like helping me strip Would you down. you say it was a hood rat? A hood rat van? Oh no, this thing was... It was dope. It was dope. Like it had the two... I mean, you made a reference to the to the, the hood rat van last week. So oh no, this, this is... It was like a 1980s, one of those Chevy custom vans that had the driver... And the passenger, and then the back had captain uh, seat yeah, that yeah, swiveled, yeah, yeah. and then there was a spot for like a table in the middle, yeah. and then the back seat that was a bench seat, but it folded down into a bed. Right. So I mean, I, I wish I had that van Chevy in high school that? because yeah. that van would have been rocking. <laughs> Shut up. No, it wouldn't have. <laughs> but so, anyways, I'm in the back, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I get this shit on me, and I did you like did you take your pants off? Oh, I had what? to strip completely down. Oh my god! And so, and we had some bottle, and so my mom's there, like dumping bottles of water. I mean, clothes are gone now. Like you're not gonna. We still had like five or six hours of the drive. You're not gonna hold on to those bad boys. Oh my no! So they they get tossed, and I mean, we're going. There to wasn't stay. like a sink or a shower or anything at this restaurant. There's stop. teepees, bro. Brother, teepees. What teepees have sinks? No, I mean like anywhere, like most rest stops you no, go to have like. So it wasn't like the the rest stop that had like the big bathrooms. Yeah. Go, no, this was just teepees. That's it. People could pull in and, and rest. Interesting. Or go to the teepees. No vending machines. This is before coronavirus, so you didn't have to wash your hands back then. It, there was no diseases. Fair enough. So I'm back there and I'm crying because I'm obviously covered in the shit. And my mind, like everyone's laughing at me and my mom, except my mom, sweet lady. She was, you know, dumping bottles of water on me. So the rest of the drive. I'm just in my my little skibby. Little do you know she was actually trying to waterboard you. She probably was. <laughs> She's probably thinking I should have aborted this piece of shit. <laughs> should have swallowed. My stupid kid should fell have, in a damn should have swallowed. body. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure. And, that's, and I guarantee that's probably not the first time she's had that thought. Like I should have. This guy. Anyway, so the rest of the the rest of the trip, I'm just in my tidy whities in the back of the van, like feeling sorry for myself, right? So cut to my police academy graduation. They invite family in, and in my academy class, I was the youngest. And at the time, I was the youngest officer of the department. So they, you know, they bring everyone in. You know, um, at our at our precinct, the building they had all the rooms opened up, and so there was 23 of us, and so you've got family. And at the time, that was kind of a, there was a couple agencies that put their officers through our academy. So there's 23 of us, 20 are going to work for our agency, three are going to another. So not only do we have our admin 
at this graduation ceremony, but the admin of the other agency was there. And so at the time there was a lieutenant in charge of training who, when I went through the academy, he was the lieutenant and they call on some family members to tell like a nice little story about your new officer graduating. Tell like just a baby boy, a baby, baby boy or girl, no discriminations, your baby, it, your baby child, tell a, a good, warm hearted, lovely story. And they're not calling on everybody. They pick like four people. And the last person they choose to tell a story <laughs> is my mother. And up until I was 21 years old, she had 21 years of stories that she could have elected to be like, I'm going to tell this story, not about like some sports, you know, he hit three home, four home runs in this game, or, you know, he did charity. She decides to tell the shitty TP story to everybody. She stands up in all her glory and lays into it. And then, so everyone's laughing at my expense and I'm like, this is awesome. (laughs) At that point, I was like, maybe I should have been aborted. Mom, you should have just ended it. (laughs) You wish she had. I was like, come on. (laughs) So she tells the story. Then afterwards, you know, the chief comes up and he, you know, congratulates you. And then they, the, whatever family member or your loved one choose to put the badge on you. And then you put your badge and then you walked around the room, shaking the hands of all the, hold on, wait, wait, wait. So after that story. Who did you choose to pin your badge on you? Take a guess. Your mom. Absolutely. <laughs> I was hoping she would feel some remorse, but she didn't. She was, maybe it was payback for how shitty it was as a child, right? Maybe. Anyway, so they pin it on, and then after it's done, you go around shaking the hand of all the admin that were, were present at the ceremony. Well, I get to the lieutenant that was overtraining. And he looks at me and he goes, good job, shit boy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. To tell you the truth, that is not the first time my brother has had to pull me out of an enclosed space that I probably shouldn't have been in. Yeah. So she had a multitude of stories. I played sports and I did a lot of, you know, I blew up a couple cars growing up. Like I had, there was some stories she could have, you know, decided to share that day. But no, she chose. And so it was just kind of a you know, a, a real good heartwarming to, to go to the Lieutenant and you have some respect for the guy, obviously, you know, good job, shit boy. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. That's fantastic. Was that a Christmas story? It, and yeah, so we were, cause we were going up to visit my family for Christmas. And so this was like December 22nd, 23rd. So did everyone just make fun of you the whole time you were up there? Or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. You don't have any I spare mean, clothes though? No, I did. I told you. So we were going on the trip and why waste a clean pair of clothes just for a five hour drive? That's not practical. Why, why am I? And I, I mean, she dumped water on me, but I wasn't obviously clean. So whatever clothes I'd put on my body would still have to be washed. When, when the back, that bench sheet, when it was folded up, there was like maybe like a three foot space where you could put luggage. Yeah. And that's where I rode the rest of the trip. And not, not by choice. I would have stuck you back there too. Yeah. Not by choice. I would have stuck you back there old, too. Old Pops was like, get in yeah, the very back. I would have done the same thing. And they rolled up, you know, the windows and obviously going as cold. and That's the way it goes. When you fall in shit, you get a ride in the back. All right. So I've got another story. Um, did you guys ever hear about the time when one of the officers, it was on Christmas, Christmas Eve, and uh, he went on a call. It was like a burglary. And he and he got done with the burglary, went back to his car, wrote his report, 
and submitted his report. And his report read like it was a night before Christmas. I've heard of said stories, yes. Yes, he wrote this he wrote his report out. It was like it was the night before Christmas and all through the house nothing was stirring, not even a mouse. He wrote his freaking report just like that. That's the entirety beautiful. of it. And just added like the details he needed to for his burglary. And guess what? They freaking submitted it. They let it go through. Yes. His report read like that. Dude, this is forever ago. I don't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's better than like Braveheart report. That's true. The Braveheart report? It was like a scene out of Braveheart. So there there was like a fight and the guy's like, it was like a suck or something? Yes. Being dramatic. All right, Jake. It was like a scene out of Braveheart. You got a story? Yeah, I got a couple. So um, this one's more kind of like scary. Weird, but it still has to do with Christmas, so maybe it's like a nightmare before Christmas. But uh, so we we're on the the west side, out in the northwest side area, and we had a dude who was like a peeping tom. Call, you know, they had like probably two or three people called it in. So when you get multiple calls on something like that, it's probably legitimate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll get a single call, and you're like, yeah, it sounds like it's a wacky, maybe a crazy person. You still got to treat it like it's real, you know. But this one was two or three different people had called this in. Of this of this uh, peeping tom, so we get out there. They had a decent description. Um, we show up on scene, and we're kind of driving around in our cars. It's like it's Christmas time. It's I can't remember if it was Christmas Eve or Christmas or the day after. Is like right in that weekend though of Christmas, whatever it was. And we get out there, and we're driving around, and we see somebody who matches the description. So we get out of our cars. And I start shouting at the guy. I said, "Hey, hey, get over here! Come over to me." please stop. And the dude looks at me and starts running and it's snowing like crazy that night. There's probably, you know, six to eight inches of snow on the ground. So it's like fresh snow. And the dude starts running for me, cuts through these yards and I'm running after him. We're jumping over fences. I keep running after him and I can see him jump over another fence. And then, uh, we get out, jump a fence into a schoolyard, big open schoolyard. And there's a bunch of trees that line the fence area. And I see him go over the fence and I see him run through the trees and I jump over the fence and I get through the trees and I see his footsteps. I'm like following his footsteps now because I've seen where his footsteps are. There's no other <laughs> footsteps in the area. We follow through the trees. I get over that fence. I follow him through the trees and follow the footsteps and I get out of this field and I'm looking and I can't see him and I follow the footsteps. I just keep running with the footsteps, running with the footsteps. I'm like, where the hell is this guy? I got to be able to see him by now. And I look and the footsteps stop and there's nobody in the area. Nobody in the freaking area, and the footsteps just stop in the middle of this field. Did he get abducted by aliens? Dude, I don't know what it was. He just like straight disappeared out of the yeah, area? Yeah, I thought, I was like, I stop, and I looked around. There's no way he could have double-backed. There's no way, because that's hot on his heels. And uh, I stop, and I thought to myself, I'm like, this is freaking scary, dude. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like an alien abduction. Well, honestly, you know what I thought of? This sounds stupid. But I thought of, what are those people down on the res called that can freaking shapeshift? Skinwalkers. Yes. Well, what did he skinwalk into? Air? And a bird. You think with a that, <laughs> you think with Why that, did he do that earlier? That level of magic, he'd be better he at get out of my sight. peeping tomming. Yeah. You, you think if he had some yeah, magic, he would be a better peeper. Yeah. Maybe he gets more rocks off when he's a human persona when he does it. Well, then you should use an invisibility cloak like Harry Potter. Boom. Just saying, I don't know what it was, but the fact is there was no way he could have gone anywhere else and then his f- freaking steps stopped in the middle. So what did you end up Tell doing? me how it happens. 
Well, I just told you he disapparated. Straight up wizarding world of. I don't know what disapparated is. It's a Harry Potter reference, Jake. I don't know what that is. Culture yourself. Holy shit. So I don't know. Disapparating is where is a spell that they use to disappear. Okay. Like from one place to another. Like evaporate, disappear, mixture. Disappear, disapparate. Get it? (laughs) Disappear. Yeah, why did you say disappear? I I just. Because that's. You have that level of magic, you got to up your peeping Tom game. I agree. He did a really p- terrible job. I mean, if you can, if you can, you know, transform into a cat and walk on the windowsill and yeah. peep it, why don't you do that? A little mice. But I say, what if he gets more rocks off as a human? Maybe. I don't know. So that what was did weird. You, so what did you end up doing? Freaking went just back no to, case. It? Went back to my car and I wrote up a report like, yeah, this guy fled the area and I couldn't find him. <laughs> I was like, and he disappeared in the middle of the field. I, was, I didn't should, do that. You should have. No, you I didn't. You didn't document the like, like, They would have like they would have sent the freaking quacky docs at me and be like, Jake, are you having an episode? <laughs> like, no, dude. I got another story. It's a naked lady story. Most of my Lead. stories are just like big bar fights. Christmas shit? Yeah. But it has nothing to do with like Christmas. It's on Christmas though. So we had a big brawl down on no no big surprise there. But there was most years there's uh you know a a hot toy a must have toy for kids. And uh my boy at the time wanted like a Furby. The one I thought was back in the day, it was the big one. It was like the Tickle Me Elmo. Your you know? favorite was Tickle Me Elmo. Tickle I can me. do an Elmo impersonation, bro. Sounds just like Elmo. No lay, shit. Lay it on me. Go ahead. Right yeah. Anyways, so the the there's the uh, the hot toy, and you know, my obviously my boy knew what he wanted. You know, he tells, "Hey, I really want this," and it was based on like there's a TV show, and there's like a whole bunch of different characters i mean it was a whole thing and like most good dads um i procrastinated right yes and so it's like december 23rd procrastination is one of your major flaws bro (laughs) december 23rd and so then i'm i kind of like he told me about it like a month before and it was like hey we're gonna get it yep and i forgot and then as it gets close you know i get reminded december 23rd i'm like oh shit I thought I got this wrapped up and I haven't. So I get out the house. I'm like, I got to go hunt this thing down. So I'm out there and I'm hitting stores up and it's just like, no, 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 no. And then I'm starting to like, oh, this is not looking good. Because, you know, it's like the one thing your kid wants. You don't want to be the dad on Christmas morning. Your kid's looking for the one gift. And it's like, yeah, sorry, Junior. You ain't getting it. So I'm I'm hitting up all these stores, and I run into a guy I'd seen at a couple other stores, and I strike up a quick conversation. And you know he's in the same boat I am. We're we're trying to locate this toy uh, for the kids, and um, finally word comes out that there's a store that had just got restocked, and they're going to have them. So get there and there's a ton of people waiting. And so they are going to do the lottery system. They're going to, so I'm at the store and they have decided they are going to do a lottery system and they're going to give out like these little lottery balls. And if they call your number, you get one, right? So we're all kind of clamoring, waiting for them to start handing out balls. Well, a riot ensues and the balls go flying everywhere. 
And so I'm running down the aisles trying to chase some of these balls down because I'm fighting for my boy to get this toy. Well, hold on. Didn't you steal this from Jingle All the Way? (laughs) You straight stole this story from Jingle All the Way. You did. This is my life. Oh, bullshit. You stole this story from Jingle All the Way. I had to jump on a piano. Who was the other guy? Was it Arnold Schwarzenegger? (laughs) (laughs) It was Sinbad. (laughs) Oh, so you're Arnold. You're Arnold in this story. Anyways, I call into a radio station (laughs) and I won the contest. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Donner, Comet, Cupid, Blitz. I said all the names. And I won. But the the gift certificate, they didn't have a toy there. It was for like one later on. That doesn't work for me. Anyways, the town was having a Christmas parade. And they were featuring these toys. I bamboozle my way backstage. I wear the suit. And I'm going to give out a toy to one of the kids. And lo and behold, I end up saving the day. And my son realizes that the real prize for this Christmas is not this toy, but his father. And I can't believe you would besmirch my story. I'm right now I'm in legal workings. That that's the Arnold stole it from me. Did I ever tell you guys about that time that I saved uh, Nakatomi Plaza on Christmas Eve? <laughs> that didn't happen to you. That's again, that's me. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our episode here today. This Christmas episode, special holiday cheer. The Christmas season is the best season. Hope you guys enjoyed those uh, those stories that we had. Um, once again, here at Domesticated Savages, you can find us, domesticatedsavages.com. We are now up on Spotify. We're up on Anchor. We're up on, uh, what is it, Buzzsprout. We're up on pretty much all major platforms. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Google Podcasts. I'm trying to get up on Apple Podcasts. So pretty much anywhere you can find it, iHeartRadio. You can follow us at Instagram at Domesticated Savages. You can follow us on Facebook at Triple Cops. Going to get that try to ch- switched over to uh, Domesticated Savages, and you can follow us on Twitter at Cop Savages. So once again, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for being part of the Savage Squad. Stay savage. <laughs>